Death do us part. Hello and welcome to Death Do Us Part, Social Isolation Edition. I'm Laura. And I'm Jeremy. When can we see each other again? Is it illegal, technically, if I went over to your um, house? I, I mean, technically, I, I saw you today because I yelled at you from across the street. Right, we social distanced. If we did yeah. that on the podcast, it just sound like this. <laughs> It's just me. It was just a lot of like waving back and forth. Like MM Bennett would wave at me, and then they'd be like, "Forget about me and play with leaves." And then they'd be like, "Oh right, Aunt Laura's standing over there and like wave at me again." Yeah, pretty much. much It. Um, But I, yeah, school's out for the rest of the year, and I may never go back to work again. And lots of unknowns. But, Who knows? But would it be illegal if we went over to your house? Like I don't know. I don't, the, think I don't so. know the rules. It says no gatherings of more than ten people. That's right? it. Yeah, but they, don't they say stay in your house unless it's necessary? Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. All but I know we, is I'm finally healthy. Woo so. woo! First time in like five years. <laughs> That's accurate. <laughs> and nothing can enter my house, pathogenic or otherwise, since we're being so careful. So I'm, and their school's canceled, which is awful, but I shouldn't get sick for the rest <laughs> of the year. It should be impossible. Um, that's Nicholas woke up this morning and had kind of a stuffy nose and he was like, my nose is stuffy. And I was like, how there's, that's impossible. That's literally impossible. <laughs> we have seen no people. We have gone nowhere. And then he was like, Oh, it's just allergies. I was like, you can't stress me out like that right now. When's the last time you changed your air conditioner filter? Um, uh, a year ago. Start with that. Yeah. Maybe it'll help. Well, no, he has allergies because I left the window open. Oh, well, TFB, I guess. And I was like, but I like the air, so sucks to suck, I guess. I don't know. Well, I like the window open, and we'll always leave the window open for our patrons on Patreon. That was, that was good, right? Yeah, I thought so. It was a beautiful segue. So we'll thank, of course, Sarah Air at Sarah's Smile 83, Jimmy Fuquay at The Jimmy Fuquay, and Burn at Murderific Podcast. Thank you, patrons. Uh, we know times are tough, so we can hopefully bring a very small amount of people that is our audience a modicum of joy. Um, and if you want to express that joy uh, on social media, you can find us at DeedUpCast on Instagram at DeathDoUsPartPodcast.com. And of course, you can send us email. Our email inbox is just full these days. Um, DeedUp.Podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Yeah, everybody's home, so it's just really, really blowing up now. Oh, yeah. Just uh, all the emails. Um, uh, you know what is blowing up, though? Uh, I want to make a dirty joke, so just tell me the truth. Well, I was going to say Tiger King, so you could probably still make oh, a dirty yeah, joke. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. How many, memes, how many memes have we exchanged in the past three days about Tiger oh, King? Oh, my gosh. That's, um, I would say about 50% of my time is dedicated to looking at Tiger King memes <laughs> currently. That's a fair amount. The other, and I don't mean like, I don't mean like that's a fair amount. Like I'm judging you. I mean, that's a fair amount. Like that's, yeah. that's reasonable. 
the other 50% is dedicated to this Emoji Blitz game that I just found out about. So we're real productive over here. Emoji Emoji Blitz, hashtag not sponsored. <laughs> but if they wanted to, I've spent <laughs> enough time on it in the one day I've had it that they probably should. Well, in these crazy, stupid times, it makes me wonder about where we're going to go in terms of crime and having to protect our family and it makes me think about this one bad habit that I don't I don't even know if I want to put out there in public but I do have a remedy for it so it's not dangerous <laughs> but um, Kelly tends to leave the door unlocked after she lets our dog out and it bothers me because I, I work from home and so when the kids were still in school she would let our dog out in the morning, let the dog back in, door still unlocked, and then she'd take the kids to school, uh, go to the grocery store with our youngest, um, come home a few hours later, maybe go visit you, go visit her <laughs> mom or something, and hours later she'd return home. Um, and so I'm in my office working, and I might go down murdered. for like lunchtime, and I'm like the back door's been open for five hours. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. <clears throat> um, so that's, that's oh, my Oh, wait. Pet so this peeve. isn't even the front door. This is the back door. Yeah. I meant I was actually going to not say which door it was, but now I have. Okay. Well, our back door is <laughs> always unlocked because the lock is broken. And to shut it, you have to put, like, to lock it, we have, like, a stick that you jam in there. Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Um, And so, yeah. Like, Nobody ever, like today, I took our dog for a walk and didn't bring keys because I just came back in through the back door. So there you go. We're not great on Safe, that front. Safety at its finest. And I, yeah. I lock the door 100% of the time because I'm a paranoid human being. Well, you know what the worst part is, is if I try and lock that back door, because I like just this habit, I think from years of like my parents beating it down my throat or something, I always lock doors behind me and like... To a point where it's annoying. Um, and I always turn lights off when I leave rooms. Neither of these things are things that Nicholas does. Um, yep. But like he'll go outside and like I'll, we'll both go outside and I'll come in. And as I come in, I lock the door behind me. So then he's like outside, like wiggling the door back and forth, trying to, because if you wiggle our back door, this is why it needs a stick. If you wiggle it enough times, like the lock will come loose and you can open it. And he'll just stand there like shaking it back and forth because I, Quasi locked him out. Got it. I've also locked him in the into garage his... before. Oh, that's pretty funny. <laughs> it's just like I, I come inside and that's just I just turn around that's and lock habit. the door immediately. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even think habit. about it. I've come inside and like turned the light off on him when he was in the garage too. I just well, don't that, even that's think why about I it. unless I'm sleeping, my keys are in my pocket because we have little <laughs> children who can reach the door lock and I'm always like, if I walked outside, they could in theory Lock the door Lock on, you out. on purpose or yeah. accidentally. If I had to get in the house quick, I'd have to break a window. So I just keep my keys on me. But Got speaking it. of that, uh, locking the door um, habitually, I'll do that with a car door. Like as soon as I get out, I'll press the door lock on the key fob and then I'll close the door. And I've had many, many times where I'll lock it and turn around and go, shit, I didn't even take anything out of the car. Then I have to unlock the car <laughs> and grab something. Yeah. I have, um, when I get in the car, I will push the button and lock it. Like I'll get in the car and lock it before I do anything else. Cause I have this insane fear that one time I'm going to get in the car and then like somebody's going to like jump in the back seat or the front seat. Like 
because the doors are still unlocked. Yep. So I get in and lock my doors immediately after. I do the, the same exact thing. As soon as I get oh. in the car, I lock it. <laughs> Maybe it's not that insane of a fear then. <laughs> I don't think so. Mine's not like someone's going to jump in the back, but more like if someone saw me get in the car and was like, I'm going to rob that guy. And he came over to my car door uh, with the purpose of opening it. It wouldn't open, and that would give me enough time to just hit the gas and speed off. That's my paranoid thought process. So my complaint actually wasn't about the back door. Mine was that Nick leaves the front door unlocked all the time. Oh, boy. Um, And this is because, so like right when we moved into our house where we live now, um, I was way, like, I work an hour and a half to two hours away and I was like at the office had been for a couple hours um, and he had our baby with him who wasn't even a year old yet at the time um, and he locked himself and our son outside um, and had the keys inside and it was raining oh man um, I didn't, I didn't so know then, it was raining yeah so it was raining so he did call and I was just kind of like well you're shit out of luck I'm not coming like first of all if I came home it would be like three hours later it's prime traffic time <laughs> yeah, and like yeah. secondly I can't do that um, so he called my parents who came and picked her son up and rescued him and then he just had to sit in the carport getting like slightly damp for a locksmith to show up <laughs> who was so expensive like so expensive yeah they're um, not cheap yeah they aren't and so now I think he has this massive paranoia of locking himself outside, so he just leaves the door unlocked all the time. That's one solution. Well, um, the other, I mean, we have like a hide a key, but it's not actually outside of our house. So like you could, you'd have to be able to have access to our cars to be able to get it. Right. So right. like now next case, he could just call like AAA if he was in that situation, which is free instead of like $600. Hey, that's a good plan actually. Yep, sometimes. But anyways, he still leaves the door unlocked now. Yeah, I, I, like, I had forgotten that story. You guys have been in that house long enough now that I had forgot he did that like yeah, the first we've, week. Yeah, we've lived here for over a year now. Um, but yeah, like the first week that we lived here, he did that. And it was really annoying. At least he had your son outside. I know it was like sp- oh sprinkling, but if he was inside, he probably would have just broken something to get in. I have to imagine. Yeah, totally. Oh, totally. Like, yeah, he would have had to. I would have had a meltdown. Um, And we also, I think, gave my parents a spare key now as well because they didn't have one because we just moved in and hadn't, like, literally, like, two days had moved in, so Mm -hmm. we hadn't given anybody keys yet. So they also have keys now, so he could call them in a freaked-out panic. (sighs) (sighs) Oh, boy. Yeah, I remember that. And didn't, wasn't he like in the midst of going back and forth and like painting your old place too or something? Like I'm pretty sure this was, stuff. A, that was, I think this was like after, no, he did that like on the weekend or something. I don't remember. I, I just re- remember this uh, cascade of bad luck he had that first week he bought the house. He yeah. probably thought it was cursed. Yeah, he was not doing great. Let's, we can just admit that. <laughs> It's the problem when you give him too many responsibilities and too many tasks to do at the same time. It just doesn't, does not go well. Well, that's the way men's brains operate, unfortunately. That's why I write everything yes. down because if it's more, if it's more things than I can remember on three fingers, then the fourth one's just 
It never, I never heard oh, it. That's, it says, that's the same thing gone. I've noticed. If like you send a text and you ask multiple questions, um, you guys will only answer the first question. That's, every, like that's everybody questions. though. That's no, everybody. Like three I questions and you'll be like, and here's the answer to one of them. That was just the only important one. <laughs> All right. So let's get into some murders. Mine is not a spousal murder. But when I found it, I was like, yeah, this is too good not to not to share. And it could happen if if Kelly were to leave the door unlocked at nighttime, which thank God when I'm done with work, I monitor that door. But um, <laughs> you're on that door like white on rice. So my murder is kind of a high profile, scary case. You may have heard of it before. The murder of Monica Massaro. Um, so one night in 2007 in New Jersey, there, there's a trucker. His name is Adam Lane. Um, and he broke in and killed Monica in her bed. Now, he confessed initially that he was just trying to burgle the house. But he was caught and he didn't mean to kill her. Then he said he wanted to throw off the cops by mutilating the body to make it look like a sex crime. So that way they wouldn't think it was him. Uh, so how is that How is that better? It's not. That's worse. So well, that was his yeah, logic. No, that's worse. Right? Uh, so he's like, oh, I accidentally uh, killed this person. I'm going to make it look way worse so they don't think it's me, some creepy guy who's trying to break into ha- houses? Yeah, so they don't think it's me. Like somehow I won't be connected to this because they'll be like, oh, no, not him. This is way too mutilated. Like he doesn't do that. It doesn't so, make any sense. Exactly. So I didn't I didn't get that. That's that's the talk of a crazy person. So not on a, off on a good foot. Uh, no. In his confession of the accidental killing, um, he, he was really dirty. He looked like a rundown truck driver who was struggling financially. And that's what, what he said his motivation was to uh, burgle some home. But they also linked him to uh, the assault of a 15-year-old girl. He, he had previously been arrested. He broke into the girl's house near a freeway, just like uh, Monica's house. He was armed with a knife. And the girl's dad actually stopped him. And he held him there until the police arrived. So he was arrested for assault already. Uh-huh. So we can kind of see like an escalation in activity, right? You watch, yeah, watch yeah. any true crime. They like start off with like uh, pets or animals and then they escalate to something else or, you know. When it doesn't like assault. fulfill their creepy need or whatever, it always gets worse. Yeah, exactly. So, so I imagine that he's probably been lurking around other people's homes like well before he got to the point of assaulting that girl or the point of murdering Monica. Mm-hmm. Um, and so th- that's what I imagine. He, he just probably hadn't been caught up until that point. And then, you know, he probably went over it in his head he, and then he kind of reminds me of like a not so intense golden state killer. Yes. Yeah. A lot like that. And I do remember, but like not nearly as, um, Ugh, I don't want to call it skilled, but like, like obviously the Golden State Killer did it for like forever, like years and years and an insane amount of years. Um, and never, and then eventually recently got caught. But this guy like wasn't that talented at doing crime. Talented is a terrible way to put it, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. He, he wasn't as uh, careful about covering his tracks and 
Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Maybe it wasn't as premeditated, you know? He, he wasn't sure what he was going to do until it happened. But I think that right. happens a lot with new serial killers. And they happen to get away with it, and then they have that taste, and then they refine their yep. their plans yep. and all that sort of stuff. Um, and they just progressively get better at it. Yep. Or sometimes if they keep getting away with it, then that's when they get really careless because they think like they're untouchable and they're going to get away with it forever too. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it anyways, a ego thing, narcissism. Yes, which a lot of them have because a lot of them are like sociopaths. And so when they first picked him up, he he didn't confess, but they took a very long time interviewing him until he became so bored that he provided the confession of burglarizing the home and accidentally killing her. So because they just took forever, he finally just kind of gave in. So this is when he claimed that he mutilated her to cover it up. And he noted, I love my wife very much. I ain't out for sexual joys, which kind of just makes me shiver a little bit. Yeah, that's the creepiest way to put that possibly. Of course, the DNA on his knife matched... um, Monica Masoro, as well as another person uh, who was murdered in Pennsylvania. So while this was the first time he was caught, other than the assault, they tied him to another murder. Mm-hmm. So this possibly wasn't the first time he had killed someone. Uh, her name was Darlene uh, Iwalt. Uh, she was killed on her rear patio while talking on the phone with a friend near the highway with easy access after he parked his truck. So all the same conditions, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, His MO. Another woman in the area was also assaulted uh, when someone tried to slash her throat, which they believe was probably him as well, because it all happened in the same time period. Also, if just if you were murdered while you were on the phone with someone, how horrific must that be for both people? But the person on the other side <laughs> of the phone who literally cannot do anything but hear it. Oh my god! Oh my gosh! You just never ever get over. You don't ever get over that. Like, there's no way. No, it, that's got to be. I mean, like your dreams must. That that just must consume your your nightmares. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I can't even imagine. That's so awful. So, as he described his accidental murder, uh, he talked about how he just started by walking around at night. Sometimes he'd walk up to five miles. He'd wander past homes where he saw people awake. He'd skip those houses. And then he would check doors, and this is where it ties in to the unlocked doors. He would just check doors and see uh, which ones were locked and unlocked. If it was locked, he yep. just moved on. It was, you know, too much too much work and too much risk. And when he happened upon Monica's house, it was unlocked. So he, he described himself as meandering around the home. He took her wallet from her car. And when she woke up and spotted him, that's when a struggle began that ended in her death. Um, After he killed her, in his own words, he went back to his truck, tried to eat, and bought a radar detector, and went somewhere else, laid down, and tried to sleep. So he just is like, oh, well, I guess I'll have to snack now and take a nap. So my thought is, if it was an accident, as he claimed, how could you do any of that? You couldn't eat. No, would be if just it was, if it like, was oh my ac- god, oh my like, god, I, I, I accidentally killed someone. Yeah, you couldn't just like be like, well, nighty night, y'all, like that. Yeah, I was gonna say he'd freak out and call the police, but obviously he broke into our house, so he probably wasn't gonna do that. Yeah, yeah. So after the whole investigation, he finally admitted 
that that night he did leave his truck planning to take a life. Didn't know whose. It wasn't like he picked her for any other reason than her door was unlocked. Uh, he pleaded guilty. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I, I need go, to I'm have. I'm gonna go downstairs and check my door. <laughs> you probably should. Uh, he pleaded guilty for a deal of 50 years in prison, which was to be served after his 25-year term for attacking the 15-year-old girl. So he's got 75 years 75, ahead. 75, yeah, yeah. And when you said that, I better go check. Uh, go downstairs and check um, your door. That reminded me of um, a college multimedia project I did, which was all based on Facebook. And there was no dialogue. Um, I may have told you about this before, but um, the, the main character, her name was Rose, and we made a fa- Facebook for her, and she would like update her status. And then we'd cut to other shots of her doing stuff, and, and some guy was interested in her, oh, and she, yeah. she pushed him off. And the end scene is her um, with headphones on, so she couldn't see what was behind her, typing on her laptop, and then a, a wire comes around her neck, and she gets pulled out of frame. And as she gets pulled out of frame, the, the headphones un, uh, unplug and music starts to play. And then you see a different pair of hands on the keyboard that up, updates her status to something like, uh, I'm going on vacation, uh, won't be back for a while. And the, the whole the whole premise was maybe you shouldn't let people know where you are and what at you're doing times. on social media at all times. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, get your headphones on, sitting alone in your room with your uh, face to the door, probably. Yeah, I am facing the door, though. So I'm like backed up against the wall, at least. Good to go. Yeah, we're ready, ready for anything. So the tale of Adam Lane ends with lock your doors, for Christ's sake. It's not the (laughs) 1940s anymore, although they had serial killers back then, too. I was going to say, even then they had, it was dangerous and they had serial killers. I think that people just weren't as aware and they thought, oh, it won't happen to me. And now everybody's super jaded and they're like, oh, yeah, it's totally, I would, it's me. Yeah, that's my life. So better lock it. That's the difference between (laughs) the past and the present. They existed. (laughs) People were like, it won't happen to me. Now we're all so self-absorbed and full of ourselves. We're like, I'm the one. I'm the one they're going to come for. So. Uh, I just think it's a lot of people have like, you know, like a lot of bad stuff happens to me. So why wouldn't this happen to me too? You know, I was thinking much more negatively. Yeah. Can you hear that it's siren? Crazy. I can, can hear, hear the siren. siren. Yeah. I can hear it through the headphones, like from your side, but I can also hear it. Like if I take the headphones off, just actually in, in my life. house too. That's yeah. That's weird. <laughs> that's, that's trippy. So um, mine isn't really about unlocked doors. Mine is about opening a door. Um, And so part of me thought about doing the Golden State Killer, but it's just so much to do. And, you know, it's so long and I would do a very incomplete and terrible job. So um, if you want to listen to Man in the Window, it is a great podcast about that. Was that Um, all about? The Golden State Yeah, killer? no, it's a whole entire podcast just about the Golden State Killer. So me thinking that I could do it in like 15 to 20 minutes is ridiculous. So I'm not. Yeah, yeah we don't cover them as deep as other podcasts. I, I did yeah. originally listen to it on My Favorite Murder. And that is one of the more horrifying uh, stories. Yeah, for, for and that was killers. even before like they knew who it was. And he actually got like apprehended and stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so Man in the Window, I think, came out right after he got caught. And then there's a documentary that I've been watching also on Hulu that I can't think of what it's called, but it has Paul Holes in it, who's the guy who like figured out who it was mm-hmm. um, like a day before his um, retirement, which is insane and probably like the best moment of his career. And then he just like mic dropped and retired. Um, <laughs> yep. But anyways, it's really good too. And I can't think of the name, but it's on Hulu. So yeah, it's pretty easy to find. Anyway, so I didn't do that one, even though I'm going to talk about it. I didn't do that, um, but I did do one that is insane, but it is about a woman who opened her door, which is kind of like, don't keep your door unlocked and maybe don't open your door to creepy strangers. Right. So um, this is in 1990 on May 26th. Marlene Warren answered a knock on the door at her home, which was in Palm Beach County, Florida. Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously she didn't look at the people because if I did, I would have not opened the door because at the door was a person wearing white makeup, an orange wig. Oh, geez. A red nose and a clown costume. Oh, I mean, I I always open my door for clowns. Not. Nope. Never. You couldn't pay. You couldn't pay me to open the door to a clown at my house. I'll say this. If if, I didn't. If I said. If I didn't call a clown to come for a birthday party, there's no reason for a clown <laughs> to be at my house. And this is at nighttime. Um, it doesn't say. Because, but I'm assuming for some reason, it, if it was at daytime, I think it'd be even worse. But um, right. If I if there was a clown at my door, I would say, "What do you want?" And if he honked his nose, "Hunker, hunker," I would just let him in and, and be like, "All right, are you going to kill me or not?" Because that was brilliant. Oh no! Well, that, this that is this gets this gets creepier. So the Ooh. clown person hands Marlene a basket of carnations, um, a balloon that has Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs on it. Okay. And then another balloon that says, "You're the greatest" on it. Hmm. Uh, the clown then pulled out a revolver, shut, sh- shot Marlene in the face, and then calmly walked back to its car and drove away. Strange. Horrifying. Um, so Marlene died two days later in the hospital. Wow. Yeah. That's worse. Um, so they declared the homicide the crime of the year. Um, but for more than 27 years, no arrests were made. Wow. Until finally, um, 27 years later, um, police detained a 54-year-old woman named Sheila Keen Warren on charges of first-degree murder. And if you're sitting there being like, wait, I thought her name was Marlene Warren, and this is Sheila Keen Warren, uh-huh. you would be correct. Well, I have a lot more questions than just that, too, but um, so, so is it her, her sister or? No. So um, for a long time, the um, department had um, a couple of suspects, which were Michael Warren, Marlene Warren's wife, and then... Um, Sheila Keen, because they thought that oh. Michael Warren and Keen were having an affair mm-hmm. and therefore played some role in the killing. Um, I so see. Okay. as I far see back as like right after the murder, they said that um, those were their two suspects were Sheila Keen and Michael Warren. Yeah. Um, 
So Sheila and her then husband repossessed cars for a living and frequently worked with Michael because he owned a car dealership and a car rental firm. Um, neighbors said that Michael was a frequent visitor to the Keen's apartment. Um, but everything they had was based on like circumstantial evidence. A woman matching Sheila's description was seen buying a clown outfit a few days before the homicide, which okay. like, hello. Also, everyone <laughs> right. should really scrutinize people who are just going out and buying clown outfits in like May. Of all the strange things I've done, I've never done that. <laughs> like I get like around Halloween time, like you're buying yeah, a Halloween, yeah. but in May, why are you buying a clown costume? The guy who owns the costume store is like, thank God, finally somebody bought something. <laughs> um, so then also there was um, people who worked at the store saying that a woman who looked like Sheila purchased a bouquet of flowers and balloons. Mm -hmm including mentioning that it was a Snow White and Seven Dwarfs balloon, which is um, unusual. Very specific. Um, at the supermarket that was near her apartment on the day of the crime, um, the getaway car, which was a Chrysler LeBaron convertible, was also like a key part of this investigation. Um, Marlene's son, who was 21 years old at the time, actually witnessed the shooting and chased after the car, but um, he lost track of it, and then it was later found abandoned in a parking lot. Okay, that was one of my other questions, was how did they know it was someone in a clown outfit and all that? So her son saw it happen. Yes, okay. he saw okay. it. Um, so the car had been stolen from um, a car rental place like six weeks before the murder. Um, a couple had been trying to return the car to the car rental place, but the company was closed. Mm -hmm. um, looking in the yellow pages, they found another local car company, um, which had the same, like, similar name. So, like, the original car um, rental place was called Pay Less Car Rental. Then they found one that was pay less, a bargain auto rentals, which was the business owned by Michael Warren. Mm -hmm. So um, the couple told the detectives that the man who answered the phone at a bargain auto rentals told them to leave the car outside, pay less where they were, and they would be fine. And then the car disappeared. So they had all of this way back then and they didn't have a conviction or arrest and for 27 years. Yeah, well they years? didn't have they didn't have it like it's all very circumstantial like yeah. he said she said sort yeah. of thing. Um so the main evidence they had was that when they found the car they found orange wig fibers inside of it mm -hmm. as well as these long brown hairs which were similar looking to Sheila's. Um the murder weapon and the clown costume were never recovered. Mhm. Mm okay. Um Michael uh, denied having an affair with Sheila and um, told, you know, like everybody that he didn't think she murdered his wife, that he had, you know, nothing to do with her. He said he didn't know who did it. Um, so then in 2014, uh, the cold case unit decided to reopen this investigation, recontact witnesses, and they mm -hmm. would conduct fresh DNA analysis. Got it. Okay. Um, okay. It was then that the investigators learned that Sheila Keene had married um, Michael 
Warren in 2002. So, I mean, 12 years later, but still. Mm -hmm. um, and that the pair were living in Tennessee and had a restaurant. Um, so they, the authorities after doing, you know, talking to the witnesses and doing the DNA analysis, went to the grand jury um, and got an indictment for first degree murder against Sheila. She was um, arrested and then extradited to Florida um, where she was going to go to trial. Interesting. And this happened, so what, like 2017 she was arrested? Yeah. And then, so on a totally separate note, if you're thinking like, well, that's some BS because obviously like Michael had something to do with it. Um, when they were in in investigating the homicide, um, they found evidence um, that Michael was doing odometer tampering, grand theft, and racketeering. Holy mackerel. Um, so then he served three years in prison for all of that. So yeah. he didn't get away completely clean because while they're digging into him, they're like, well, you're doing all this other terrible crap. Um, yeah, really? Wow. Yeah, I just, like, first of all, I couldn't get over the clown thing. And then they definitely thought they got away with it because it was 27 years later. And then they waited 12 years before they got married. So it, like, wouldn't seem suspicious. But mm -hmm. they still got caught. They would have got away with it, too, if it wasn't for that cold case unit. And the dog, too. kids. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's crazy. All that um, time so later, all they needed was DNA test, too, the whole yeah. time. Right, they just because they couldn't find, they didn't have the murder weapon, mm -hmm. and so you yeah. know it's hard to like link it all together when you just have all this hearsay. But the second you had DNA from like hairs left inside a car, you're fucked. Yep. So don't leave your doors unlocked. Don't open don't. to strangers and or clowns. Yeah, yeah. Always good advice. I mean, I have a massive fear of clowns, probably from being so interested in like murder and serial right. killers, and you know. Um, How did anyways? you get through um, uh, American Horror Story? Uh, what was it called? Not sideshow. What was? That oh, one? the freak show. Circus freak show. How did you get um, through that season? Oh shit! Even the, uh, the cult one. There's a bunch of clowns and masks and stuff in that. Yeah, it wasn't great. Actually, okay, so. The um, freak show one was not as bad for me. Um, they showed like his whole backstory, like um, yeah, the clown yeah, or whatever and everything. And there was just the one. Um, and it was like, he was like a whole clown like thing. Like the part about clowns and like people in costumes in general, like at Disneyland or, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. Disneyland, I'm assuming they do in extensive background checks, but like some of those like sketchier parks or whatever. Um, it's like you don't know who's inside them. And so the epi the season of cult, right, the reason that right, bothered yeah. me so much was it was those people putting on the clown masks, which is like my actual fear. Well, that, that, like I'm, the whole I'm season's about of, phobias like, too. Yeah. And I'm not afraid of like this whole like fake clown, like, you know, purse thing, like clowns, whatever. If like he is a clown, it's like the people pretending to be something they're not is what I think I'm truly afraid of. Got it, got it. I'm rewatching American inside, Horror Story. The murders on the inside and the creepy happy face on the outside. Ooh, we should do that. I'm going to tell Nick we should do that. We haven't I, done I that just, in a while. I just started, uh, I asked Kelly, I'm like, hey, you want to? She's like, no. <laughs> I, I think she would 
if she can get past the gore, which is, you know, she, she has a tough time with gore. If she can get past that, I mean, the stories are second to none. I know. And I think Cult, um, Cult might have been one of my favorites, aside from, like, the first season. Because it yeah, was murder, so... Murder House will always be my favorite. Like, I have every single season I've watched, I can't change my mind. And I think... Um, Roanoke was a surprise one yeah, for me because yeah. the first couple episodes, Nick and I just every single like we just look at each other and we're like, "What? This is like the stupidest thing. I don't understand it." And then when they like flipped the switch on it, yeah, yeah. Um, and then they like brought in the actual like, um, like they actually played the beginning song because the first couple episodes they didn't. And we're like, "What is going on? Why did they ruin our show?" And then they yep. like brought it in, and I just remember we were like sitting on the couch and we both like jumped and looked at each other and we we're like, "It's on!" It was great. Yeah, yeah so that I was that awesome. One too. Yeah, yeah, that was also really, really good. I still have to watch the latest one, but you can uh, you can hear us talk about this on our American Horror Story podcast. That will be <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> I'll be a little late yeah. to the game at this point. Super deep in that tangent. All right. So um, moving on from American Horror Story, though, uh, is that where you got inspiration to murder your wife? No, actually, <laughs> the clowns led me down that path. But um, a different movie actually inspired my hypothetical murder, which is Fargo. Have you seen Fargo? I have not. All right. So I, I won't spoil anything. But in short, a guy hires some thugs to kidnap his wife. So he they will hold her for ransom. Uh, so her rich dad will pay the ransom of which he will take part of. So he's setting his wife up to be kidnapped so he can get money. <clears throat> right. Got it. Got it. And things go more sideways than you could possibly imagine. And it's a true story. That's the freakiest thing about that show. It's not like a horror show, but it is um, strange and bizarre. And when you find out it's all based on real um, things that have happened, it, it's just so much uh, worse. But um, he basically sets it up where these home invaders can come and take his wife. So mine's quite simple, actually. It's uh, basically like the plot of Fargo. Instead of uh, a big sum of money and kidnapping, it's just going to be simple murder for hire. So you could say it was inspired <laughs> by Tiger King as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you'll just do like a better job of it, I guess. <laughs> well... As we do on this podcast, we always give a chance at redemption. So I'll instruct them that if the door is not unlocked, you just need to scare her. And then maybe she'll keep the door locked from here on out. If it is, well, then the time has come. It's Tough a sad tits. day. <laughs> Tough tits. And, uh, of course, this wouldn't actually work because... Um, well, my plan would be, you know, take the kids camping or something, uh, give the wife a, a day off from the children so you she just, can relax. You have to wait like five months before you're allowed to do this. Yeah, at this point. But it's all hypothetical anyway, so. Uh, right. But it actually wouldn't work because our 80-pound shepherd mix would just fuck the criminal up that would <laughs> uh, supposedly have been hired for this. <laughs> she would just lick them to death. She would lick them to death. Although if they were a bad murderer, I think uh, I think she could tell. You know how animals have yeah. that sense about them. Yep, yep, yep. But if you hired them, you would just be like, "Oh, here's some treats for her," or like, "Here, let me have you meet her, her ahead of time." Like you can circumvent that. True, true. But that, that's just more more connection and more ways to tie it back to me, though. So, right, right, yeah. I, I just wouldn't tell them about the dog, honestly, and. <laughs> 
and see just what see what happens. happens. <laughs> Either way, that door is going to be locked a, forever. If she's a great guard dog, then you know you know that too, and you're like, yeah, well, at least matter. we have a backup plan. Leave all the doors open, <laughs> all the doors and windows just open. Invite people and try us, bitch. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I got my inspiration. Um, so we um, were getting work done on the uh, room that is my office. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. When we moved here, it was like a double door den thing. And um, the doors were also like not great. And so our son could just push them open real easily and um, run inside and then F up my computer and like type things <laughs> on my keyboard, send some emails out, you know. All the good stuff. Um, Touch my microphone, put my headphones on. So um, we'd been wanting to fix this for a while. And so it's mostly done now. We um, closed one of the doors in. And um, now it's only one door and it's really well shut. And the other part is the wall. And so that kind of inspired me because when he was doing it, there's like a hollow place. And I was like, you know. Oh, shit. A hollow place would be a pretty great place to put a body. Hold on a second. A hollow place is a great name for a film about stuffing a body in a wall crevice in a before, hollow place. before you seal it up. <laughs> okay, so, so trademark that. Plan. That's a verbal agreement. All right. It's trademarked. Don't touch it. <laughs> um, okay. So my plan would have have to be before this was finished. So there's a giant hole because the door is gone and everything's cut apart. And then um, my plan was just to like a stab to the jugular to take him down. Um, something just light and easy. Something uh, quick and efficient. Yeah. And then drain a lot of the blood out in the bathtub just oh. so it's like a little less oh. messy. Oh. <laughs> All right. So then you put him in the wall standing up because he's tall and big. And then you pack everything around him with cat litter did i already tell you the story about how cat litter? okay so um i forgot where i read this but apparently cat litter um you know how it like absorbs smells and it absorbs liquid sure yeah yeah. this does actually sound somewhat familiar you may have said it in passing as our strange conversations across the street since we can't get too close i Uh, swear i told you this before it sounds familiar liquid and smell so if you it's perfect for you know like helping to um, not keep, but like, you know. Preserve, right? Yeah. Mummify? Mummify. It sucks all of the liquid out. It keeps the smell from smelling. So anyway, so I put him in there. I fill the rest of it up with cat litter, which is basically also insulation, especially if you get like the really nice, like wood chippy kind. Yeah, warm, Um, toasty room there. Yeah. So then I will just put the board on the other side and then we can like, you know, do the... Uh, stucco i don't know what inside of houses are made out of um texture paint drywall texture yeah yeah and it would be done and i would paint it and then i'd be like my husband just left i don't know where he went where did he go (laughs) uh ma'am why do you have a bunch of empty bottles of bleach in the trash can no no bleach i'm not bleaching they'd be like oh why do you have so much cat litter your bathtub where you drained all the juices out Oh, oh, eh. well, <laughs> yeah, right re- now, though, replace that too. Had, just replace that too while you're at it. If but right now, if I had a ton of bleach and like a bunch of like Clorox wipes, would anybody really think that was weird? Good point. Now's, um, now's the time. Oh, I've had some 
dark thoughts about the current quarantine, by the way, of, of what could happen behind closed doors with no one checking on anyone for two weeks. It's kind of yeah. horrific. You could yeah. have done this. I know. In the time that we're, I know. we're all secluded. I know. It's, it's a little like, too real, too creepy. Anyways, just so I haven't everyone heard knows, from your husband. Um, at all. The He's art. not answering my text messages. BS. <laughs> he asked you to play video games last night. He's talked to many work people. We're good. Um, <laughs> and everyone should know that our walls are actually enclosed and like the the outside and the texture is on it. So it is it is done and I don't have like a giant hole in my house that I'm looking to fill. So, oh, so no bodies in your house. No, no. <laughs> I'm just imagining you've, you've, you've done this and committed this heinous act and he's still on video calls and you just hold up <laughs> the cardboard side with your lips through it. <laughs> hey, it's me, Nick. I'm not feeling so good. <laughs> like a bad SNL skit. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, I don't think anyone would believe me because they have like fun chats and so many inside jokes. They'd say something oh, yeah, that Nick yeah. would like laugh really hard to and I'd just be sitting there like, what the fuck are you talking about? So I would not be a very good um, Nick replacement. No. I think it'd be very obvious. Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah. So um, even while we're all stuck inside and can't go anywhere, this should be a PSA to... Stay home, lock your door. Also, like murderers and robbers, probably just stay home too. Like, this is for you as well. Like, stay the fuck home. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, the, the kind of person who's going to go out and, and commit a crime, I'm sure they're really concerned with not spreading this virus. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's yeah. their... Yeah, it's number I mean, one you priority. Know, they already have gloves and masks on, so... <laughs> uh, All yep. right. As always, while marriage, especially when you're stuck at home together, is messy. Murder is messier. Unless you have cat litter. <laughs> and bleach. All the bleach. All the bleach. <laughs>